Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equipped to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equipped to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Hi, everyone. I'm Connie Albers, and I'm your host of Equipped to Be. This episode, we're going to talk about playtime and the valuable lessons that we can learn from our children and even really about ourselves. But as I have done the strengths teaching over the last previous four weeks, that would be episodes 71, 72, 73, and 74, I think this is a fitting title because one, we're all in transition again. Here we go. It's been a year of disruption, well, a year and a half of disruptions. And I'm getting a lot of questions over like, how do we homeschool? Many are homeschooling. Millions and millions of parents are are choosing to homeschool just because of what's happening in the school system. Uh, millions and millions are sending their kids to school. And, and there's a lot of anxiety and animosity and tension and stress. And so I want to talk about playtime. I want to talk about playtime and the need for playtime in your child's day. Plato once said, you can discover more about a person in an hour of play than in a year of conversation. So this should make some of you parents who have children who are not as talkative, it should give you a a bit of comfort knowing not all your kids are going to talk. However, you can learn so much about your children just by watching them play. And that's this episode of Equipped to Be. So when there are no tests to pass, no educator to please, then the God-given strengths that are innate in every one of us, especially your children, when you're trying to teach and train them in the way they should go, they can flourish. And it all can happen through playtime. As parents, as educators, it's important to remember, you know, Don't confuse an interest that your child has in a specific toy or or book or even vocation, depending on the age of your children. Don't confuse that with uh, a strength, because the difference is interests, toys, playtime, that gives us a peek into how our children are wired, how God has uniquely gifted them with strengths. And if you remember, I've, I've said this before, I kept a notebook on my children on what I observed, what I observed through playtime. And now as the kids are all older, I'm able to go back and look at how beautiful God was to show me different quirks and characteristics and interests and passions. And, you know, a lot of their interests waxed and waned over the years. But it all led toward the next step, the next step of discovery. When you take the time to help your children pursue an interest, you've given them some time to play, it's 
It's not about pushing them to be their best at something or (laughs) jumping into something that you think is a good fit for them. It's really funny when I talk about um, understanding your strengths to teens, often this is what I hear. Well, my mom is making me do that. My parents think this is the best thing for me. I'm not saying, I'm not discounting that. Because as mom and dads, as educators, as grandparents, we do see things in our kids. But I will dive in a little further in this episode of of what you can do in the perspective, the mindset you have in leading and guiding your children. You'll have more success in having them really hear what you're saying than if it's just a dictated, you must do this, you will do that. I think there's important to understand that there is a discovery process that happens when we allow our children to play and when we allow them to pursue an interest. And as we begin this year, there is a lot of anxiety. Parents aren't sure what to do. (laughs) In fact, educators aren't sure either. But this is is true. The importance of playtime the importance of allowing kids of all ages, from your toddlers to your elementary kids and your middle school to your high school and even your college. And let me add in there yourself, the importance and the value of exploring an interest, some call it a hobby, and playtime is is vital to the emotional, the mental, the physical, all aspects of development for a child and actually even for yourself. I remember uh, when my daughter was younger, this discovery process was very important to me. Playtime was very important. And I remember that I wanted to see kind of like what my children gravitated towards. Because as a mother of five, and as I've listened to thousands and thousands of of teens and middle schoolers and college kids describe and and talk about their childhood, things they wish their parents would have done that they didn't do. And, you know, my kids actually even do it. People think, because I wrote Parenting Beyond the Rules, uh, that there was some perfection level (laughs) in our house. And my kids will talk, we'll sit around and we'll talk about the things that I thought were good that didn't land right. Uh, It didn't pan out as I thought or maybe they didn't understand the heart behind what it was I was trying to do. Yeah, that's going to happen. But the beautiful thing is when you keep the relationship intact, as I often talk about with Parenting Beyond the Rules, uh, when you are really in that process of discovering how your children are wired, how they think, how they feel, how they process the world around them, you're able to speak in a way that it's not off-putting. But I remember uh, when, when my daughter was in middle school and probably through half of high school. Now, remember, we did homeschool our kids. So there was freedom for us to explore more than our counterparts. And I want to acknowledge that there is a difference. But I remember she was fascinated by sharks. I mean, Shark Week to this, to this day. And she's long past being out of school and she's into her career. But to this day, man, when Shark Week happens, she's, she's gathering people and, and saying, hey, everybody, let's watch Shark Week. She was fascinated by sharks. 
So much so that that became an interest that we explored for years because she truly believed she was going to be a marine biologist. She just, she was fascinated by it. She absolutely loved it. And to be quite honest with you, living uh, close to the ocean, I really started to believe that could be a future career for her. And as we were exploring, I mean, she could tell you about every type of shark, their habitat, their personalities, their everything about them. And I, I mean, she knows more about sharks than I do. I just would let her run with it. When we would go to um, the beach or we would go out in the water of some sort, where there was always conversations. We made sure we went to different um, museums that would have marine wildlife. That was just a very important aspect of her education and of the discovery process. As she got older, and it was really time to decide, what are you going to do when we turn the tassel and you enter college? Are you going to go into the marine biology field or biology in in general? And then she started to consider, no, I think I, I want to be a veterinarian. So great, no big deal. Let's start interviewing vets. Let's find out. What does a vet really do? What does a marine biologist really do? So obviously we we interviewed several and when she started to learn swimming with dolphins and studying shark behavior wasn't all that the job entailed and that she might have to do you know put a sick animal down or she might have to do some kind of surgery of some sort she quickly lost her passion for being a vet or a marine biologist because her idea of it didn't match the actual description of what that vocation would look like. Now, I want you to hear this because this began when she was in middle school and it lasted for years and years. Now, I could have said, well, you know, this is what this vocation has to do. You know, always thinking about, okay, what can they do when they graduate high school? What could they pursue in college? What could they pursue in life? There has to be time set aside for discovery, for pursuing an interest, for playtime. It is paramount to one, learning about your children, and two, for their development. Like I said, my daughter didn't continue on that path, but she took it as far as she wanted to go, learned as much as she was really interested in learning, which, trust me, was a lot. And then she decided, okay, great. I'm never going to forget what I learned. I'm never going to look back on all those years of school and studying and reading and go, gee, I wish I would have done X because it was something very important to her. So when I talk to you about the vital need for interest and playtime, I'm talking about your thinking long-term, not just the here and now. Like right now, you're listening to this podcast. And by the way, thank you. I'm so glad that you tune in. I, I do want to take a little side note here to say it has been a bit of a hard time, and many of you have reached out. Uh, we have lost several family members. Uh, some very tragically and unexpectedly. And it's, it's I'll be honest, it's thrown me for a, a little bit of a loop, a lot of emotions to work through. 
So I thank you. Thank you for hanging in there with me. Thank you for reaching out saying, hey, how are you doing? I don't do this podcast for me. I I do it for you. And I want to show up and give my best every time we're together. And I have so much value and consideration for your time because I know how valuable our time is. So that said, uh, I just appreciate you. But that time, even in acknowledging the need and what we're learning through something, even through my recent uh, experiences of what has happened in our family and our life, it, it's transformed me. That's another whole nother podcast for a whole nother episode, but many of you have reached out and I just uh, felt the need to to say something to you and just to say thank you for your social media comments. Uh, Make sure you come to Instagram and uh, Facebook. You can find me there as well as on Pinterest, but go to ConnieOpers.com. I love connecting with you. But as I kind of move from the strengths into like the application of parenting. How do we actually do this? It all fits together. And I want to show you how it fits together. Interest, playtime, disruptions. It all goes into forming, shaping, molding your child and, and even your family. See, what I'm sharing with you As we have recently walked through a lot of these hard, difficult times, I've seen, I've seen and experienced the other side of, wow, when we were doing this hard stuff where you are right now, when we were walking through the the struggles of trying to get it all done and and pursue interests and passions and playtimes and following you know, what a school assignments and the scope and sequence. And I, man, that was overwhelming. I can see the benefit of it now. I saw how my kids in their unique ways with their gifts and strengths and talents that have been cultivated over their lifetime, it manifests itself in our family through difficult times. And that's really what we're doing, friends. We're raising our families so we can do life together, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. That's why we're doing it. That's why I'm spending time. I want you to know how to do this. I don't want it just to be a waste of time. This is important stuff, as is all of it. But when she walked away, it was on her own decision She had explored it to the point where she was satisfied. And she said, you know, I think that's not the direction for me. That's great. So when you allow for playtime and interests, you're learning a lot. And here's why. Here's how you can learn a lot. It's by paying attention to the interests that your child pursues, being interested in it with them. You don't have to teach everything to them, but being interested in them, encouraging them. It's through your observation and words spoken here or there along the way that you start to see your child's strength emerge. You start to see it. And it's beautiful because it happens right before your eyes. 
And one day you just kind of wake up and you think, wow, look at, I've noticed some transitioning, some changing. So ask questions. Why? What makes you gravitate towards this board game, that sport, this friend group? What makes you gravitate toward reading these books constantly about the same topic? Watch what they wonder about. Let them have time to wonder. Give them space in their day to think. Some people will say, let your kids be bored. Don't try to always fill their day. Let them learn how to be bored. Well, that's great, and I agree with that. Watch and pay attention to what they wonder about. It's so important because children are full of surprises. They may come up with something out of the blue that you you would have never expected. And you're like, where did that come from? And they might not actually even be able to tell you. That doesn't matter it, if they don't know. If they do know, if they saw something or a friend, they read something or a friend shared something with them or you know, they had a conversation with a neighbor that sparked an interest or fueled an idea, pay attention to that stuff. See, it's a beautiful time now. It's an amazing time, an opportunity for you to be able to do that. See, the playtime that your children have can lead to interests. Play is a very positive thing. It opens the mind to a world of possibilities. New thoughts are considered. Actually, new behaviors are even formed. And all that happens without being pushed or directed or taught. It can just happen through the ebbs and flow of play and exploring interests. Encourage your children to try new experiences. Like, for example, you know, playing a new game. Maybe your child has gotten a little older and and they want to play a more complicated, complex game. Or maybe it's a game that they're not going to, it's not going to be over in five minutes. It's going to be a game that would sit out on your table or on the coffee table for weeks because your time is busy and you set aside time and we're only going to play this day for this many hours or every evening after dinner, we'll play for an hour or something like that. We did that with risk. And... It was, it was amazing. We still look back on that. We still talk about how that game would sit on our, we had a ping pong table at the time. It would sit on the ping pong table because, you know, our table had to be used for meals. They didn't want to stop eating just so they could play a game of risk. And all the kids weren't interested in risk, but a couple were. The couple that were, were encouraged. We'd have friends over that also liked to play that game. And I would just take it in. I would watch what they do, how they say, how they speak to one another. You know, you want to encourage them to try a new game, maybe a new sport, or maybe meeting a new friend group because life has changed for you or with your church or with even with school. Let's say your child is now entering the elementary grades uh, going from kindergarten to first grade, or they're going from elementary school to middle school, or middle school to high school, or as many friends that I know, uh, they've been you know taking their children to college 
And their kids are so excited because they're moving into a new direction full of opportunity and possibility. And meanwhile, your mom and dad are feeling the hole, the gaping hole in their heart from a life that they've loved having with that child and now knowing that that child's running towards something else and the parents are dealing with the memories of what, you know, what they enjoyed having. But if you encourage your children to try new experiences, it can lead to to discovering interests that your children may not even know exist. And that's going to be important. So here's five things that you can do to help your child, right? Encourage them to step out of their comfort zone. You can do this without pushing them. So do it without pushing. You do this by planting seeds of possibilities. And talk about the what-if outcomes. See, children live in a world of what can be and what if. Children are expansionists. They're not reductionists. It's you and I. It's mom and dad. We're the ones that have learned through growing up that this is how you do it. So our ability to think outside the box and explore and expand the world of what ifs, we're so used to being told what we have to do and when we have to do it and how we have to do it. Oftentimes, we've just become conformists. But our kids, oh man, our kids aren't there. And I'm going to encourage you to help them maintain that expansive, that expansion mindset, that what if and and what could be, and give them a reason and tell them the benefits for trying something new. The truth is, You don't want to try to spend your child's playtime controlling how they play. Instead, I want you to allow this time to be spent observing their behavior and actions. Remember what I said. You can learn more about a person by watching them for one hour of playtime than listening to a lifetime of conversations. And I know you're going to have some of you are sitting there thinking, yeah, but I have to break up fights. No, obviously you're, you are going to have to do that. If they're arguing about somebody got skipped or somebody cheated or somebody, you know, the rules of the game, there, there is some interaction and guiding and correcting and teaching and training through all of that, obviously. But for the most part, try to allow your child to play and then watch them later, unless of course behavior needs to be corrected right away, there's hurt or harm to themselves or to other person, then you want to step in. But you can come back later at bedtime when you're having your alone time conversations and you can discuss something that you noticed. Now, you've heard me say this before. It's a big phrase that's very important. It's also very successful in parenting children. I noticed this. I noticed you said this word a lot, or I noticed you would get irritated or you'd get excited. When your children realize you're paying attention, they're more aware of your presence. They're more aware of their own actions. So try not to spend all your child's (laughs) playtime controlling everything that they do. Because you can learn a lot by watching them. 
So how do you make this happen? Well, you've got to create the time for exploration, experimentation, innovation, and creativity. I did a podcast on that. And all children are born creative. The goal is to keep them that way throughout their childhood. Remember expansive versus reduction. Get a bunch of adults together and somebody throws out a brilliant, great new idea and you got half the people around them telling them why it's not going to work or what's wrong with their idea or that somebody else has already thought of it. Well, kids aren't like that. As parents or educators, there is a balance between allowing children to discover their interests and restricting choices. It's not a free-for-all, so don't, don't, don't think that. It's not whatever video game they want to play or whatever uh, person they want to play or hang out with or whatever sport they want to play. No, 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 no. There's a balance. Of course, children need to learn that there is the balance and how to discern that balance. But children learn social norms and they learn how to obey the rules. Unfortunately, there is a great deal of pressure put on children to compete and to conform. And, and frankly, there's little time spent encouraging the joys of exploration and innovation and discovery as it pertains to cultivating your child's strengths. So some of your children, they're naturally risk takers. They don't even think about it. They're the ones that are going to take the bike and try to ride without holding on to the handlebars or jumping over the curb or any number of things, climb higher in the tree than you're comfortable with. Some children are just, they're risk takers. They're, some children, they're going to play and they're out to win. They're not out to have so that everybody can have a fun experience. They want to win. Some children are afraid to take risks. And some children, they don't really care who wins as long as we're all together. Neither of those are right or wrong. Competition is how innovation happens. Now, how we go about those are character matters because there are social norms and there's consideration for others and there's legal and ethical reasons as well. Some kids naturally view failure as just part of, you know, trying. Oh, if it doesn't work, then I'll just try again. And that, you, you kind of think, oh, well, that's a great attitude to have. It's, it's how they're, they're born that way. Now, we can, it can, be, it can change. Uh, naturally, they're always going to be like that. But our conversations and how other people talk to them about being risk takers can cause them to maybe be a, a little more wiser, discerning. Sometimes they can become fearful. So we want to be careful of that. And that's why kids that are naturally risk takers, they don't think about the hurt or harm that would come to them if they did something. Their great, if their great idea doesn't pan out, oh, well, we'll try again. It's that optimistic positivity that the child sees life as a great adventure full of pitfalls and, you know, trial and errors. It doesn't bug them. They don't get all down and discouraged. But there are other children that are more competitive. And if they, they don't want to do anything unless they have a reasonable sense of confidence that they're going to be successful at it. They're more your perfectionistic children, your high achievers, your strivers. And those take guiding and instructing 
those kids require a different conversation than the children that are risk takers. It, it is a different format. A, a risk-taking child, you, you want to point out the possibilities of the positive outcome, but they also need to be aware of the potential hurt or harm or failure that could come. It's not something you want to point out every single time, but when you have a child who is afraid to try, that requires you to do a lot more uh, painting a picture of possibilities for them. It, it requires a lot more of you using words in a way that helps them see the value of trying. It also is helpful for you to be able to talk to them about how to work through failures because they're going to fail from time to time. You and I do all the time. But knowing how your children think about stepping into uncharted territory, it's going to actually help you construct the proper scenario to help them work through those emotions that they might have of not winning or being successful or failing. That's all vital to the health and development and the growth of your child's childhood. So remember something that Plato said. Remember that you learn more about watching someone play in an hour like who they are, how they live, engage, feel, think, and behave with the world around them, than you do from hours of conversations and lecturing and teaching. Keep that in mind. As you enter this year of school and education and trying to get it all done, be mindful of that. And as I've told you before, make sure you take notes, write it down. Don't trust your memory because your mind's kind of full with a lot of things going on. Be full of encouragement and hope and reminding them that your child is equipped with unique gifts, strengths, and talents. And ask the Lord to help you foster, nurture, and develop those within your children. So that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for being part of this wonderful journey as you and I are realizing we are equipped to be a doer of God's word. So what God's called us to do, he will equip us. He's called you to teach and train your children in the way they should go, and he will equip you for that calling. Till next week, see you then. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.